Once you open your mind, there's no turning back. The path to building superior intelligence requires us to unlock the most fundamental secrets of the universe. You are on the verge of having the life most people can't even imagine. Welcome to the Joel Said Podcast. In this podcast, we decode life and hack success with the help of neuroscience, cognitive psychology, and cutting-edge research that you can apply to your daily life. This is Episode 5, where we talk about how to increase emotional intelligence. I am your host, Jess. Without wasting any time, let's do this. Emotional intelligence is something we all hear about, but most of us either don't have a clear understanding of it or have understood emotional intelligence to be some overly exaggerated trait. Here is the history of emotional intelligence. The term emotional intelligence was first used as a reference in a paper written by Michael Beldock in 1964. The first use of the term was in Wayne Payne's doctoral thesis in 1985, a study of emotion developing emotional intelligence. It wasn't until 1995 that the term became widely known. The best-selling book written by Daniel Goleman, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ, led to the popularity of emotional intelligence. In simple terms, emotional intelligence can be defined as the ability to monitor one's own and other people's emotions, to discuss discriminate between different emotions and label them appropriately and to use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior. Currently, there are three main models of emotional intelligence. The ability model, the mixed model, and the trait model. Today, we will be discussing the most popular model, the mixed model. There are five key components of the mixed model of emotional intelligence, and they are 1. Self-awareness The ability to know one's own emotions, strengths, weaknesses, drives, values, and goals, and recognize their impact on others while using gut feelings to guide decisions. The second is self-regulation, which involves controlling or redirecting one's disruptive emotions and impulses and adapting to changing circumstances. The third is social skill, managing relationships to move people in the desired direction. Empathy is the fourth, considering other people's feelings, especially when making decisions. And the fifth one is motivation, being driven to achieve for the sake of achievement. There are three different parts to our brain. The first brain, the emotional brain, and the rational brain. Now I will dive a little deeper into each of these three parts of the brain. The first brain, or our brain stem, is where all of our automatic responses come from, as well as where our habits are formed. This is the most basic form of our brain out of the three that we are discussing. The first brain links us to our external world through our skin pores, and nerves. It controls which impulses we recognize and which will be passed on to the two higher levels. Our habits are formed in this brain by imitation, avoidance, and repetition. 
Information enters this brain usually without any conscious awareness. We have the opportunity to make this information conscious and use it to our benefit as biofeedback and hypnosis have shown us. The emotional brain, or our limbic system, is where our hunches, intuitions, and gut reactions come from. These reactions become stronger as we move through life because we have more experiences which store more information in our limbic system. Intuition is the emotional learning we have gained over years. Just think, a 14-year-old's intuition will not be as strong as a 50-year-old's because they have not experienced enough life to make connections between their experiences. As we grow older, we gain more reliable emotional data that can offer us valuable cues in our life, as well as it can guide our behavior. If we become aware its existence and learn to interpret it, it can be very beneficial to us. And the third brain is the rational brain, or our neocortex. This is the part of the brain that helps us solve problems, make decisions, question things, plan, and generate new ideas, as well as assisting us with functions related to thinking and language. The rational brain and the emotional brain are connected allowing them to influence one another. This helps provide our brain with rich data on which to draw conclusions and initiate action. Our emotional responses have been around for centuries. They've helped our ancestors with their survival responses. Emotional responses are milliseconds faster than our cognitive or thinking responses but this could mean the split second of survival when an animal is chasing you. The limbic or emotional brain sends a warning of crisis before the neocortex or rational brain has even begun processing the incoming signal. Because of this, our body is alerted and ready to act in the sign of danger. In today's world, physical survival is much less of a threat than it was to a primitive man. But nonetheless, the data from our emotional brain still gives us important clues to our surroundings and the actions we need to take. This is why our emotional brain has been conserved for so long. The next section is how to increase your emotional intelligence. You can take an emotional and social competency assessment or EI quiz to understand the baseline of your current EI. You could use an app such as Mood Meter which increases your self-awareness in self-regulation. It helps track your emotional patterns over time. This app will train your limbic system, and with time, you will learn to have controlled responses to complex emotions. It also teaches our brain to have a variety of complexity of emotions versus scaling them to be just sad and happy. In order to improve your social skills, we don't recommend that you start going out more and plan more events. Instead, Spend time alone analyzing your daily interactions and decoding them in your journal in order to understand social cues and reading expressions. The more attention you pay during your daily interactions on things like body language, context, and emotional significance of the topic in discussion, the better you will become with the interactions in social settings. It's a totally wrong concept that people who talk more are effective communicators. Good listeners with a high degree of realization of reading expressions are highly regarded communicators in social settings, 
It's not what you say, it's about how others feel when they are around you. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast provides general information and discussion about supplements, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials on our website are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. If the reader or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or healthcare worker. Please head over to www.jolsid.com slash podcast to download the show notes and detailed research along with the resources discussed in today's episode for your future reference. If you like today's podcast and found value in it, go ahead and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us to continually bring quality content to you.